You are listening to Two Button Crew podcast number four, talking about gaming conventions. I am Scott. Joining me, we have Super Simeon. Hello. Glenn Ten. Hi. And Rabbit Ryan. <laughs> Please use that voice for the rest of the show. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Okay. But everyone is enjoying Mario and Rabbids, right? I am. Uh, no, I haven't picked it up. <laughs> yeah, Glenn, I've looked at your Switch profile, and you just play a few things, huh? I am. I'm one of those people that if I buy something, I want to finish it. Sometimes I, I do acknowledge that it's not worth my time, but you know, usually it's that kind of. I have kind of a skinflint mindset, I guess. But yeah, I'd rather spend a lot of time with games I really, really love than a little time with, you know, games I kind of like. Yeah. All right. Well, today we are talking about gaming conventions, E3, PAX, Gamescom, TGS, anything else I might have missed. But first, a couple corrections from our previous episode. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, we were talking about Mario and Luigi's Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions. That must be the longest game title ever, right? <laughs> and uh, I wanted to say that I was wrong about the graphics. I said that it looked worse, and I went hands-on at PAX, and I was blown away and completely changed my mind. So this game looks really nice. And I don't know how much of it was the game itself and how much was the uh, brand new new Nintendo 2DS XL which has a pretty nice screen. Uh, I don't think the screen's actually any higher resolution than the original uh, 3DS. No, no, it's not higher resolution, no. But it looks amazing in person. So I take back what I said about that. That is good news. I, I want to make a correction, too. I remembered uh, long after the fact, and I'm embarrassed about this, that uh, mastering actually does have a meaning in like audio work and stuff, if I recall correctly. It typically oh, yeah. refers to uh, just making sure everything has proper levels and pops properly, so to speak, so that the stuff that you're supposed to hear is easy to make out. The stuff that is less important just sort of fades into the background. Yeah. So hmm. it's still... That's different than remastering, though. Yeah, remastering, well, theoretically, you could say it's just going back and redoing the balancing the levels and correcting the mm-hmm. coloring so it makes sense from a movie perspective i'm not so sure if it makes sense still makes sense from a game perspective but mm. you know we're not here to talk about that so the audio in the remastered games should be way better is what you're yeah talking. it should be yeah. better okay. and the the colors <laughs> should not be faded stuff like that <laughs> and the other correction for mario and luigi is that the original is not an ambassador game and we were confused on that but it's not hmm so it's not? You have to buy it. You can look up the list of the Ambassador game. There's 10 NES titles and 10 Game Boy Advance games, and it's just not on there. So uh-huh. that's all. Let's move on to the topic for today. Before we talk about conventions in general, do you guys want to hear about my PAX trip a little bit? Sure, yes. Yeah. Not so much, no. <laughs> well, I mean, we did have that whole week of videos of you talking about PAX, but... Yes. I just don't want you bragging about how you got to go to PAX and we all got to sit at home. <laughs> okay. I, I, I like how brag. you phrased that. Not we had to stay at home. We got to stay at home. Because that's how yeah. I see yeah. it. I, I don't think I would have enjoyed it personally. 
Oh, okay. I'd like to hear about that later in the show. But the trip was really good. I went with my brother, Tom, who helps with our Instagram. And he got a lot of really good footage. That's why the videos turned out well. He just brought the, a selfie stick with him, and that was it. But he was able to do, like, flyover shots and cool stuff. It helped to stabilize the footage a lot, too. And then we got to get off-screen filming of the games that we weren't necessarily allowed to video record because he's being sneaky with it. So, well done, Tom. Thank you for our patrons that sent us to the show. And we got to stay in a nice Airbnb. It was my first time using that service. And I got this huge page of instructions from the guy, and it sounded like an escape room <laughs> on like how to get in. He was he was like park by the Christmas lights, follow the signs, look for the box marked this, enter this combination, use the purple key on this door, the silver key on that door, and I never met him. I just slept in his house, followed the instructions. It was like I don't know one of those movies where. You have this informant that is unseen. That's right. There's no <laughs> no personal dealings. It's all digital. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a nice day. There was someone else across the hall, shared bathroom, and one time we got like stuck. We couldn't leave when we wanted to go to PAX because our things were in the bathroom and they were taking this really long shower. But overall, had fun. We got there on Sunday and we only had purchased Monday badges. But there was this panel that I really wanted to go to Sunday night uh, that IGN was putting on, and it was at 7.30. We had like just barely enough time to get to the convention center, and I thought, that's late enough. Some people might be leaving, and we could say, hey, if you're not going to use your badge anymore, do you mind? But that's not really how it turned out. I, what I didn't realize is PAX is split up over multiple buildings. So people leaving weren't necessarily going home. They could have just been going to something else. But there were people who were kind of like, you know, scalpers that were standing outside buying and selling stuff. Like, do you have an extra Monday one? I'll buy that off you. And he offered me two Sunday tickets for 30 bucks. I talked him down to 20 for two. There's like two hours left in the show, but oh well, we got him. We ran to the panel and got to watch the IGN staff and the audience rank the top 10 Nintendo games of all time. And people just lined up at the microphone and they got to either put something new on the list and bump things down or switch things out. And it was insanity. People putting like Wii Sports and Banjo Kazooie and whoa, whoa, Pokemon whoa, whoa, Yellow, whoa, Pokemon whoa, whoa. X and Y. I know, right? How is that a bad thing? Don't worry, it got bumped off in the end. Oh. Um, <laughs> and like every Zelda game, including Link's Awakening, were on there at some point. So it was madness. And I got to meet some IGN people, shake some hands. I was a little sad. I wanted like a good amount of time to talk to them. And they even said, when you see us, come say hello. But they were in such a hurry to leave that I might as well have not met them at all. <laughs> um, but, oh well. I also got to see Jose Otero, which was cool. Yeah. Nice. And he works for Nintendo now. And I'm like, hey, what do you? what's your new job? Congratulations on the position. And he goes, 
I'm really not here to talk about that today. So he did not want to go there at all, but we ended up having a good conversation just about the games at PAX. So he wanted to speak gamer to gamer. Why doesn't he want anybody to know what his job title is? <laughs> I don't know. He said, he said I'm not a public figure. I, I don't want to talk about that. Isn't that kind of strange? Like, That is weird. That you just, figure like, for... Why can't you say your job title? Like, You don't have to go into specifics on like because everything you're doing. Because he works for Nintendo. Right, but your job... I don't know. that Your job title I... should not give away everything that you're doing within your job. It just... Right. You have to have some way to introduce yourself saying like, hey, I'm so-and-so, this is what I do. I don't know. Yeah. What I think happened is he wants people to like him for who he is, not his position. And Mm -hmm. everyone, since he's left IGN, has just been bugging him about what he's doing. What he's doing. And some of them are selfish about it. Like, hey, give me a scoop on a game that you know about. Yeah, that I think is absurd. Like, don't do that to somebody. Come on. Right. So there was the Nintendo booth and the Nindies booth. The Nintendo booth was a lot smaller than I thought it would be. There were only, I don't know, maybe 30 demo stations in all, and 10 of them were Mario Odyssey. And they only let people in the booth every so often. They don't want you lining up to get in line for the booth. There's only so many people that can be in line at a time, and then other people, they just kind of push them away they're like hey we got to keep these walkways clear don't don't crowd around nintendo so you had to pretend to be interested in a neighboring booth so (laughs) i i was waiting at like the asus booth right across from nintendo yeah wasn't there a a monster hunter booth right across from nintendo as well you uh, yes yeah so the and by the way scott just uh you you call it a dragon in the video it's actually a rathalos a Rathalos? Yes, and that's the, the big red dragon-like thing that has two legs and all that that you see a lot in Monster Hunter. It's uh, It's been around since the very first game. It's, it's known as a Rathalos. And it's not yeah, a dragon. On, Scott. <laughs> Get your head in the game. No, it's a bird wyvern. <laughs> it's a bird? Bird, bird wyvern. wyvern. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. It, Monster Hunter is weird because they have like their their own kind of fictional uh, an, animal kingdom and you know taxonomy and stuff. So, mm. thank you for that information. I will promptly discard it. <laughs> <laughs> what Scott? What ended up being the number one game at the panel? If oh. I might ask. So the number one is a link to the past. Okay. Yeah. It, it wasn't really the list that everybody was there for. It was the experience. Nobody like nobody agreed on it by the end. It sounded like some people were entering like a lot of joke games yes. as well. And the panelists had the ability to veto, but they all had to be unanimous, and one of them would not get on board with any vetoing. He's oh like, goodness. oh yeah, punch out, okay, top ten of all time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> Are we talking about the Wii Punch Out or the any? Uh, yeah, you know what? Never mind. Doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows Super Punch Out's the best. <laughs> yep. They had all the games, the first party stuff there, but they also welcomed Rocket League and some other nasty sports games that nobody cares about in there. And you didn't have to get in line to play Pokemon. 
or Rocket League, you could just walk right up to those. Uh, That's cool. And that aligns with our video views. Nobody cares about poking. <laughs> Turns out. And Why? I don't know. Because Why? we've already know. seen it. Yeah, it is pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Then there was the Nindy's booth, which was separate, but also ran by Nintendo. Separate but equal? equal? <laughs> yeah. And actually took longer to get into Nindy's. Really? Yep. Mm. Tom and I sat, scooched around the line on the ground for like two hours to get in. Had a good time at that. There were like 12 games in there, but I only got to play four. I really wanted to try SteamWorld Dig 2, but since that was coming out so quickly after the show, I just passed and did... I went for like 2018 games if I could, like Mm -hmm. Runner 3 and Meat Boy Forever. So that was my trip. It was a lot of fun. Let's talk about conventions now, and we'll start with our favorite memories. I think mine was a year when we were starting to doubt Nintendo, and they were making so many casual games on Wii and just making fools of themselves at press conferences with Cammy Dunaway and all that. <laughs> Finally, we got back to this show where it was like, there was some new Super Mario Bros. stuff. I think we also had Galaxy or Galaxy 2 in that same show, but the particular memory was at the very end, it was like a almost like a Steve Jobs one more thing moment, but it was Reggie and he goes you might be wondering if we can still make hardcore games for our most mature fans and he's like this is your answer and it was Metroid Other M which I don't care what you think about Metroid Other M I love it but that trailer stands on its own and so hype yeah. the graphics were amazing mm-hmm. the Everything was amazing. The music. That trailer is still great. Yeah. Yeah, That the reveal was really, really good, for sure. Simeon, what you got? Now, I was confused when we had this up on our notes as favorite convention memory because I didn't know if you meant going to conventions oh. and what our favorite memory was or our favorite like memory from watching uh, footage from a Nintendo convention, but if we're going with the latter, I'd I'd probably have to say, I don't know. I still like the bad memories, the cringy memories, uh, the best because they're the they're, they're the most fun. Like E3 is really cool to watch the exciting parts, but I love watching back the cringy moments like uh, Ravi drums or. Cammy uh, skiing, that was one of them. Yes, or... The, oh, not just Ra- Ravi drums, but that whole Wii music thing. Eesh. where they Oh, so bad. And also the Skyward Sword demonstration. <laughs> that was so painful to watch. But I look back on those and I, I see greatness. I think, sadly, a lot of my favorite moments from E3 that I've seen that get me the most hype actually weren't from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So I, I will I will reserve those for, from this moment. Well, I want to hear the one you had from a convention you attended. <laughs> okay, so um, Scott and I, the city in which we live has a Comic-Con. And I think it was like the fifth Comic-Con that they Hashtag had. Hashtag blessed. Yes. 
It had been going on for a few years. I think now it's been 11 years or something. I can't remember if this was like the second or third time that we had gone, or at least that I had gone. And we were in my college's cafeteria, because that's where it was being held. And we were playing Marvel vs. Capcom 3 or whatever the heck you were playing. You weren't playing Marvel. Um, And all of a sudden, we hear the fire alarm go off. And so everybody has to file out of the, you know, commons building. And, you know, we're just like, you know, standing around outside. And it's like some idiot had pulled the fire alarm. It's like this is, you know, a lot of dollars being wasted here from vendors who have paid money to have their spot at this convention. And we're just sitting around. And I'm, you know, looking around at people who are bored, and I'm like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta do something about this. And so you started a revolution. Yeah, I started a revolution. We, I, I started a game of Ninja. If you guys aren't familiar, or if those listening aren't familiar, is a game in which you take turns trying to hit the other people's hands with your hands. And there are rules and whatnot, but it's more complicated than that. But I, I started it. And we played it until we were able to go back um, inside. And then we had to come back outside because they told us <laughs> to come back outside. And then a few minutes later, we were actually finally able to resume, r- resume, resume. Our, resume our turn. Is that, our term- is that like uh, Paul Blurnt? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, it kept catching on. More yes. and more people kept joining in. And the circle got bigger and bigger. So. Yes, and then the year after that, the the guy who organized the games for Comic Con had a new game uh, called Weapons Master, which is basically you take Nerf swords or axes or what have you, and you basically play ninja with Nerf swords. And after we started playing, he looked at me and said, actually, we started this game. We made up this game because of you. (laughs) Because of the success of the fire alarm debacle. (laughs) Exactly. So a year previous, I had sparked this revolution. And it's a game, this Weapons Master game, is still a game that I will play with youth in my church. So that is my probably my favorite personal convention memory. Nice. Convention memory. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite would have to be My Body is Ready. I Mm. will never forget that. That was hilarious. And all of Reggie's shenanigans in general. Him doing the zombie you demo where he makes his face (laughs) look like a zombie. (laughs) Yes. And all of the great Reggie jokes that they've had over the years. My body is ready is from We Fit, right? Yes, mm-hmm. where he steps on the scale and then it says he's overweight. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that that was like a scripted line to be funny? Or was he just saying, my body is ready for this demo and didn't expect it to catch on? I it The way he did it makes it seem unscripted. He was just, I don't know. Okay. Yep, that's probably more likely. Reggie seems more of like an unscripted guy. All of his famous lines do not seem like he's supposed to say them. Yeah. But the other the other memory I have after you guys talking about Cammy a little bit is I remember them demoing New Super Mario Bros. Wii, and the other three guys from the treehouse came out, and Cammy died on the very first Goomba. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is the greatest. Because I was over at Matt's house uh, and we were watching it and we were just dying. Like, why would you have this person demoing a Mario game? <laughs> I will personally TP Cammy's house. If someone can send me the address, <laughs> I will <I'll> join you. <laughs> okay. Uh, the crew meet up at Cammy's front yard. Okay, so uh, my favorite convention memory, I guess, I, I don't really have one, but if I had to pick one, I'd say just Nintendo's presentation for uh, E3 2014. That was the one with the robot chicken sketches. Oh, yeah. Mm. And that was just, um, E3 2013 was not exciting. And I, I very specifically remember thinking, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so 2014, where they, they got kind of, um, well, they, they got self-referential. Like, they, it, it was it was very easy to think that Nintendo is out of, you know, well, you know, everyone still thinks Nintendo's out of touch. But just the fact that they were willing to hire someone that would make fun of poke, you know, lovingly poke fun at them like robot chicken does, mm-hmm. uh, show just, uh, a, a much more modern mindset than what we are used to from Nintendo for starters. And you can kind of say that's kind of the turning point to where we are today. All right. I have a quick question for you, Glenn. Yeah. You said you were, you'd rather stay home than go to PAX. And now you've said, you don't really have a favorite convention memory. So, do you not like these that much? I don't like large groups of people. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm an introvert, and I kind of feel bad saying that because everybody's made that into some sort of pretentious <laughs> special snowflake label. Uh, but, you know, I walk into a crowded room like a party, and, I mean, it's like getting hit in the face with, with some sort of blast of... Uh, exhaustion you know it's just as soon as i walk into a crowded room i'm i first thing i do is i look for a corner i go sit down and i just don't talk to anyone because it's too noisy there's too many people and i just want to leave (laughs) and so conventions like that on steroids i gotcha there are a number of conventions so i thought it'd be cool to talk about what makes each one unique for a few minutes e3 is like what you think of when someone talks about a gaming convention Electronic Entertainment Expo, it's been around the longest, it's where all the big announcements still are made, and it's historically been geared toward the press. Yeah, well, it, it's a trade show. Let's let's get something straight. It, E3 historically has not been a convention in the sense that's for fans, it is a trade show. It is for business insiders to, uh, to be able to show off their product, show it to the press, and... Um, uh, one one of the major uh, factors of E3 is that it tells companies like Walmart or Best Buy what games people respond positively to yeah. and thus what games to stock uh, for the holiday season. Yeah, that's a really good distinction. It's a gaming fashion show. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But over the years, there's always been ways for like non-press people like you me anyone listening to get in and early on if you had a blog you could get in because it's like ooh, this guy's impressive he's online he has a website but um eventually they kind of caught on that technology had passed them by and at least the people in charge of registration so they've started cracking down a lot more 
However, they've always charged hundreds of dollars, like the $500 range, for anybody to get in if they wanted to. Now, this year they actually made it to where tickets were semi-affordable. It was like $150, I think, uh, if you got in the first thousand and $200 after that. So it's becoming a little bit more open to the public. And there are a lot more people there. There were a lot longer lines, but overall people's impressions seem to be positive, like it made the convention more fun. And PAX is kind of the opposite of E3's stuffiness, where it's like, it's not so much about big announcements, but it's about the gamers, the culture, the cosplay, and indies. So it's open to the public, it's pretty cheap tickets, and these are the two that I've been to, and I like PAX a lot for that. What else we got, Glenn? I looked up what uh, Gamescom and Tokyo Game Show are, and it seems like sort of a halfway point between the two, because as best as I understand it, it's closed to the public for the first few days, and then the last two days, it opens to the public, and Gamescom is uh, in Germany, if I didn't mention that already. That's probably a good way to do it, so that way big media outlets can get their appointments in. Honestly, yeah, I, I think if E3 wants to open to the public, I think it should just do a, hey, these are the public days, and you know maybe extend it to be like a week long, and so you have your press days and then your public days. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Like, I like that. Do press Monday through Friday. Exactly. Uh, public on the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that Tokyo Game Show is like absurdly huge. Kind like, of the E3 of Japan, but e- bigger? Um, possibly more attendees. Yeah. Because, um, especially when the public is there, I, I just have seen footage from Tokyo Game Show and it's like, you can't actually play anything. You just wait in lines all day. Um, <laughs> uh, from At least from my understanding. And um, that. You can I, complete your Street Pass puzzles. I, I guess so. And you can look at all the crazy people in cosplay because I've heard that that's like what you go to Tokyo Game Show for is yeah. to see people cosplay. If you're going there to play games, you're going to you're going to miss out, but Yeah, that does beg the question. How much cosplay did you see uh at PAX uh Scott? Really not too much. Yeah, I was kind of surprised when I saw the videos. There wasn't much. I did see a Bill Cipher uh cosplay. That was cool. I went on the last day of the show. I might have had something to do with it. I mean, Mm. sometime at the show, there was probably a panel that was like a costume contest. So that's probably where they were at. Okay. So Nintendo's always had kind of a different approach to E3. Well, they've really had a different approach to everything. That's true. (laughs) But let's talk about what they've done historically and what they're starting to do now. I do miss the old stage shows because stage shows are probably like the most produced thing that they would ever do. And man, the Switch one in January was good. It was awesome. But that wasn't E3 and yep. It was more Japanese than usual. Yes. Remember, you know, people laying down on couches and dressing up as platoon people and stuff. And nobody clapped for anything. Right. So it was just like they announced something awesome and it's just dead silence. <laughs> yeah. So I can see why they'd move away from doing these because so much can go wrong and things can become memes and, you know, onstage demos can go wrong, but I would really like to see it come back. I don't, I'm not really sure about the tournament so much. 
Um, I think it's cool, like what they're doing now with the world championships being separate from E3, because I really watch E3 for announcements and new stuff. I, they're streaming so much these last few years, and I think they're really wanting to just dominate the attention and keep people watching their live streams so they can't see anyone else's announcements. It's like, <laughs> we're just going to go treehouse eight hours a day so that this is the only E3 that you get. And that's overwhelming because E3 you know, is during the work week. I can't watch all of it live, and then, bam, hours and hours of footage for me to catch up on. So... Like, I still haven't seen everything from back in June. It's crazy. What do you guys think? Well, I think, I mean, this is me personally, but I think they struck a pretty good balance as far as having the scripted direct where you can't get too um, meme-ish with it and then having the live tournaments. I, I personally don't care for watching the Treehouse too much. I don't know what it is about trailers, but I like seeing trailers. I like seeing the hype and like watching the specifics of the gameplay. It's like, okay, you know, I might learn some cool things, but if I'm interested in a game, I'm going to find that out by playing. And I kind of want to discover that myself. You're not much of a game watcher in general, right? Like, I think it's kind of one generation younger than us. That's all into Let's Plays and stuff. Yeah, I... I will occasionally watch some kind of Let's Play, but if it's not like a fighting game tournament or something like that, I'm, I'm not too interested in watching, at least for very long. If it's a short amount, you know, maybe. And I don't know about the people who are at the convention, but it seems that uh, Nintendo is putting out these quality showings that they have the the directs which are well set up it's everything that they want to happen everything that they need to happen i think it's it's a good thing because we look at the stage shows especially the few years before they stopped doing the stage shows they they weren't that good there were you know i just nintendo land keeps flashing in my head mm. over and over and over again and what a big flop that yeah, was. But, they did a disservice to that great game. Yeah, it did. It really did. And I I don't know about people at the convention, maybe. But it was not a just one more thing game. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, you're right. Um, Especially that one they had shown earlier in the conference. Like, maybe if it was one more thing, and here's Nintendo Land for the first time. But we already knew about it. No, Nintendo Land, like, yeah. yeah, we had already seen it. So so I don't know about people at the conventions, like, whether they feel cheated, like, oh, I can't go and see the Nintendo stage show. But, you know, they're, most of them probably aren't going to be able to get into the the uh, press event anyway because they've always been smaller than the other mm -hmm. companies anyway. Separate ticket, you get, like, individual invites to those press right. conferences. Right, right. Um, so I, I think it's a good, a good way to go, but I... Well, we'll we'll see uh, what we're going to talk later about what we want to see from Nintendo at conventions and stuff in the future later. So I'll, I'll hold the rest of my thought. So I really love the digital directs that they do, but I definitely miss the lovable and awkwardness that always came through in the live shows. Yep. 
the treehouse streams they started doing are really great, but I think they do too much. Whereas it seems like two days in, they're already showing the same games on repeat, mm. doing almost the same exact thing that they did before. Mm. So like Scott said, it seems like they're just kind of wasting time to take your attention away from other games and companies. It wouldn't be so bad if they gave some of that, more of that space to third parties and indies Maybe they will next year since there's so much more support on Switch. I was just going to say that, yeah. I think next year is going to be a huge third-party support. And I think the big game-changer was the announcement of Doom and Wolfenstein because those are both current-gen games that are now being ported over to Switch. So now there's like literally no excuse that other companies can say, oh, well, it, the specs are too high. It's like, well, then just turn it down a little bit for the Switch because... If Bethesda can do it, you guys can do it. Thanks for reminding me. I now have to choose between the PC version of, and the Switch version of Doom. Now, I that was an announcement that really shocked me. Like when I saw that, I was like, I did not expect to see anything like Doom or Wolfenstein on a Nintendo console LA Noir. in this day and age. Or L.A. Noir. Yeah, exactly. Well, L.A. Noir was even more surprising. I didn't expect L.A. Noir, but that one like made more sense in my head yeah. because that was a PS3, Xbox 360. So it's like, okay. But then, yeah, like Doom and stuff, it's like, wow. Okay, you guys can do yep. this. Sweet. <laughs> Come on, Sega. Virtua Fighter. I, I want to be able to play Virtua Fighter on at least one system I own. <laughs> yes. Wait, we're we're off we're off topic. We're talking about we're not talking about E3. Anymore. Save us, Glenn. It's convention hopes, but continue. <laughs> okay, so my my opinion is now before I go any further, I want to make something clear: is that because I grew up uh, in living in kind of a rural location where uh, I, I was still on dial-up, I didn't get to watch like these live shows on YouTube or anything. When did you start? It, it wasn't until college, so I'm more or less just used to the actual direct presentations. Mm. So uh, maybe I should go back and watch some of those older presentations. But uh, maybe I, I found old E3 presentations are actually kind of hard to to watch. Like that 2014 thing I mentioned. It's like, yeah, this was really funny at the time, but now it's just it's kind of old. I would watch the older. Revolution yeah. one. Yeah, with Iwata and Project Hammer and Disaster Day of Crisis and like seeing mm -hmm. the prototype Wii for the first time, that would be pretty cool to look back okay. on. Okay. At first, I thought you said Disaster Dave Crisis. And Disaster I'm like, Dave. <laughs> I'm like, I do not remember a game called Disaster Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the idea of the the just in general the idea of the uh, the video presentations because they're pretty. You, you can be very concise and just show everything that needs to be shown with that while as a stage presentation you know there's always going to be that awkwardness or we have to put on a little flair which is not to say that i'm opposed to stage presentations if they went with that uh i i like the stage presentation that they did for the switch or uh, earlier this year or back in january so uh, gosh that feels so long ago now anyway <laughs> they should do it for each so, new console i guess i really don't have a preference but in regards to how they've been doing E3 these last couple of years, can't say I'm a huge fan of the, uh, we're going to show you 
uh, a video presentation that has trailers that don't really tell you anything and if you actually want to find out anything cool like how any of these mechanics works you have to you have to sit through a 30 to 45 minute live stream of the uh, treehouse and they're they're going to extrapolate on like like the breath of the wild thing was kind of ridiculous because I was super hyped for that game and I, I sat through so many of those streams where it's like hey let's take 30 minutes to uh, describe like uh, cooking you know something that we could summarize in four minutes but we're not <laughs> going to and so yeah I, I I think they focus too much on having a lot of content instead of just yep. quickly and efficiently hitting the highlights and explaining why the game is cool because you know Breath of the Wild is that game in particular there's so much uh, ground you have to cover just get from place to place that you know it doesn't really the, the individual moments are great. Like I said, it's a game of little moments, but it doesn't, you know, present quite well when you're looking at it on a large scale. But they do need to iron out some things with their presentations, even the last Nintendo Direct. Like they can sure slow down and slog through some of the games. I am Gramps. I am a giant titan. I am also oh, a little chicken. Yeah. Okay, I. Oh uh, yeah, when I saw that trailer was uh, was ten minutes long. It's like wow. No thing. On one hand, they made a ten minute long trailer for a game, <laughs> and on the other hand, oh my gosh, that was only ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, I literally started doing other stuff during that trailer, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay, it's about done." A ten minute Time trailer yeah. means uh, have your own little mini direct, like Pokemon has done before. Yeah, I and I I do have to comment on this because I I made a comment on the direct YouTube video saying it's it feels like Nintendo is doing everything in their power to deter me from buying Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I'm not even joking. There has not been a single thing. Okay, I think maybe the first time we saw Xenoblade Chronicles, that was cool. That got me interested. Um like the minute long trailer. Yeah, and then there was and then there was a a teaser for the second one. I don't think they had even released the name. I, they call it Project X or something. I can't remember, but like it was like a really short like 15 second teaser or whatever. That was exciting. Every single thing since like is so much explanation. <laughs> like and I just got to think of this. Like a a trailer should have like no talking. It's or, not a tutorial. Yeah, either. it's not it's not a tutorial. I don't want to know about the plot of the game. I want to see images and maybe you know some sound bites or if you have a celebrity like if you have Robin Williams doing Legend of Zelda, which obviously you can't anymore, but um, like that's fine. But any other kind of talking, just get rid of it. Like, and I made that comment, and minutes later somebody commented and said, "What do you mean?" And I said, "This trailer is like the most boring info dump I have ever <laughs> seen in my life." And they're like. Really? It actually made me want to buy the game more. I'm like, how? I mean, maybe he was a fan of the first game, but to me, a trailer is about not just audience retention, but grabbing interest for new people. Mm -hmm. And that has not even... Yeah, you know, so this reminds me, 
one, one of the things that I disliked about the 2013 Nintendo E3 presentation was the trailer for Super Mario 3D World. And this, this is like something that is kind of now part of the game's identity is everybody hated the first trailer for that game. It wasn't until the second trailer that came out a few months later where they um, played that lively jazz theme. I want to say it's the theme that plays during the Histocrat battle. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody wanted that game until the second trailer. And, you know, what you're saying about trailers, I think is very much true. It needs to be exciting. So, like, the first one just played the overworld theme, which, don't get me wrong, I love that song. Um, I, I was humming it on my first playthrough, but it's not good trailer music because as soon as you see it, hear it in a trailer, you just think, oh, you know, this is like new Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario 3D Land or whatever. It, it, it doesn't, it's not a song that gets you pumped up. Mm. It's not something that says, oh, this is, has action, adventure, and drama. It's just like, oh, it's the Mario <laughs> and he's doing the same old thing. You, you know, I, I got to admit, I, I'm pretty sure that I watched... I watched that E3, but I honestly have zero recollection yep. of that trailer at all. So you're right. It, it left no impression on me whatsoever. However, I do think a lot of people, if they look upon it badly, I think it's because that everybody was expecting a new actual 3D Mario game. And then it was uh, kind of more of the like hybrid 3D, 2D. So everyone just like bashed on it, mm. just like Federation Force. Like everyone wanted a new Metroid game and it's like, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> that that was definitely a factor. But the, the thing is that everybody loved the second trailer and it still had the same gameplay. Mm. It was just presented in a much more snappy, quick paced. And oh, hey, look at all the new stuff that you, you, you haven't seen with new Super Mario Brothers or you didn't. Because let's face it, uh, Super Mario 3D Land was kind of a safe game. It, it didn't really take a lot of creative risks. It just changed the uh, took. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a good idea taking 3D, uh, 2D Mario gameplay and seeing how it worked in 3D. I'm surprised it took them this long to do it. But when we saw that, it's like, oh, great. Just another Mario game that doesn't have any real flavor. It's just the vanilla kind of flavorless Wonder Bread Mario. <laughs> I, I think we've found a subject for one of another podcast is talking about trailers. All right. Next up, what is on your personal convention bucket list for me? I would like to go to E3 as press and that means you're a first class citizen you get a fancier badge you get to set up meetings with people and play like skip the lines go to booths at certain times and play games of course i'm interested in the nintendo booth so it'd be great to set up those kind of meetings see the new games and interview some developers that's on my bucket list mm. For me, I like to go to E3. I don't care if it's as press or whatever. I mean, and I guess it'd be nice to go as press, but just to go there for the experience would be great. Um, I like to go to San Diego Comic-Con again, uh, look more at what Nintendo has and what the other companies have, because that was a lot of fun. I got to, um, last time we went, we got to see and play some Wii games before they were released. And yeah. so that was really exciting. Isn't that a good feeling? It is. It is. I um, I think the biggest one for me was playing uh, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing before it came out. And it was, you know, relatively recently announced game. I don't think it was even 100% well, done yeah, yet. Well, yeah, Comic-Con is so uh, soon after E3. Right. And 
my last item is uh, just to be a panelist at a convention, whether it's a oh. large convention or a small convention, uh, doing two-button crew, being a panelist. I, I dream about this, That's cool. honestly. When you get invited, can you smuggle me in? Um, when I get invited, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the both of us, or it's gonna be the all of us right. that um, that go. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe someday there'll be a TB con. That's true. We've never talked about that. I will be the heckler in the audience for this. I mean, boo! I will. My bucket list is pretty much the same as your guys. I would love to go to E3, preferably obviously as press, because then, like Scott said, first class. Yep. Plus, I'd just really like to meet Reggie. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but I have mentioned it elsewhere. Uh, I, I actually want to be a game developer. I, I want to make games. And so my dream is to actually promote a game at a, a convention. Because, I mean, what what is higher than uh, being press? Being one of the presenters. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... E three would be great, but I'm I'm probably going to be indie for the entirety of my career, so uh, probably more like PAX South or something. You could be the next crying Ubisoft guy. <laughs> uh, getting to work on a Mario game would be awesome. That would be a, a great honor. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Stranger things have happened. That's cool. I really like your bucket list. I feel like that would be a really good idea too, just because then you get actual feedback from real people that are going to play your game yep Mm -hmm. and i i do have to say being in that position promoting a game at a convention which scott and i have done uh once again at our small local comic con um it was probably one of the most satisfying experiences of the entire development process is getting to watch people actually play the game and get excited about it and say man this is cool you know i I want to buy this game. I want to play this game. Yep. You know, it was not satisfying. What? The programmer guy working on it, like, till five seconds before. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's sure. right. <laughs> Fix the bugs. <laughs> way, way to go, Alex. <laughs> working on it all the way up to the last minute. <laughs> I feel like that happens with most companies, though. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess not AAA anymore because they can ship it with bugs and just patch it later. Right. So, Something I've I've heard of as a uh, risk of going to conventions for companies is that oftentimes you have to uh, get your code up and running for a demo. Mm -hmm. And so that's typically done in a process called forking. But so you're basically, your demo is actually uh, a separate version of the game uh, from a development uh, standpoint than what the finished product will be. And if you go to too many conventions and try to have the demo different every time, you spend more and more time and resources on uh, having the demo ready, and it takes time away and resources away from actually completing the game. And so I've heard that may be like... I think I heard that was a factor in Sonic 06's uh, problems because like the E3 demo or whatever was uh, notably better than the finished game. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, so just give me those. Gotta demo be careful. Discs. <laughs> um, I played some rough games at PAX. Uh, Super Meat Boy. You couldn't crouch with the Pro Controller's stick down. You had to use the D pad, and the guy was like, "Oh, the Pro Controller is so hard to program for." And then um, what's that? It's like Sports Sausage Party or something like that. 
You guys know the Nindy game I'm talking about? The sports sausage party had some serious frame rate issues, and I was starting to get footage of that, and then the guy was like, oh no, something's wrong, shut it off, shut it off. (laughs) (laughs) Shut it down, shut it all down. Yep. Burn it. (laughs) Runs behind the thing and pulls all the plugs. (laughs) Delete that footage. Next up, what would you guys like to see from Nintendo? Um, at Two Button Crew, we love wish lists, mm-hmm. and Nintendo answers them like Simeon. Yes, I was just about to make that note. They announced like right after the episode went live, right? Like the the episode. What does Nintendo got to do with, with Mario, Mario Party? Party? Like a couple days later, they announced uh, Mario Party Top One Hundred. Which is going to be their 100 best quote-unquote mini games? I did see most of the ones they picked were great. I think like the three or four that I knew that I wanted, I saw. Hopefully they pick the other best ones because that would be really depressing if they did like a top 100 and then like didn't talk to any fans who actually <laughs> like the games. Was that not one of the coolest Nintendo Direct yep. portions? It was. It was really cool. So I. Yep. Anyways, yeah. Sometimes Nintendo listens to us, yep. or they they read our minds. So here's our wish list. Mine, as soon as I thought of this idea, I'm like, wow, this is a no-brainer. It's got to happen someday. Nintendo Con, just their whole own convention. It can be held right outside or, or inside. Or should we say the Nintendo Joy-Con? Uh, oh. boo, boo, boo. <laughs> um, <laughs> right outside or right inside Super Nintendo World? Come on. And mm-hmm. then they can have a live stage show there. All kinds of tournaments, demos run, playable games. They can have third parties and indies there. And this has so to happen. So you want to bring back Space World. Yes. <laughs> but better with Nintendo okay. rides and stuff like that. Like, Nintendo can pull this off with the fame that they are achieving this generation. And oh, yeah. they should go, like basically do what star wars is doing right now star wars has their own conventions they have their own you know force friday toy launches and stuff nintendo can match that level yeah this could be another huge source of revenue for them because people would flock to this yep okay so i i gotta ask in this uh this nintendo con idea would this be just like a, a preview event like they uh like the one ryan went back uh went to in chicago a ways back or right they have these this plain be Nintendo like events. an actual uh, a press event because i don't know how the press would feel about having to go to an amusement park when being surrounded by a bunch of children and stuff i mean yeah this this could be one that's less of a press event and more of a fan thing right yeah yeah i think it, it would have to be if uh you know you did an amusement park it would be our mecca yes we would have to go <laughs> I, I i would want to go we have to face super nintendo world and pray <laughs> sorry uh, the catch is the catch is is during their live stage show is every in like regular person has to sit in between two Japanese businessmen. Yes. So there's going to be half the crowd cheering and half the crowd is just sitting there <laughs> staring. What are you doing with your hands? I've never done that before. So what I want to see from Nintendo is however much I love what they're doing with E3 now, which I, I do think it's well done, I would like to see another well put together live E3 show and then see them go back to their current style kind of like Christmas 
you know, I, I like Christmas because it's something I can look forward to and it's special one time a year. Whereas if I were to get to the things that I get on Christmas, and I'm not just talking about gifts, I'm talking about mom's, yeah, mom's breakfast quiche that she makes just for Christmas, you know, those, those specific things, they, they only happen once in a great while. So seeing one of these well put together live shows, you know, maybe every three or four or five E3s. Every new console. Yes, every new console do a well put together E3 show and then go back to their current-ish format. You know, of course, we've talked about tweaks they need to make in that. But overall, I think the format is good. I do want to see, I want to see more, more live Reggie. All right. I really like the digital events that they're doing. Uh, the live shows are great. Wouldn't mind if, like what Simeon said, they came back every once in a while. But I don't think I would want them every single time. No. Um, however, with the digital events, I would like them to go back to the more Nintendo Flare ones that they had, where they teamed up with Robot Chicken for some sort of interludes or when they used the puppets a few years ago. Mega 64. This past one, they mm-hmm. didn't really have any, like themed things in between everything it was just like bam 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 which was not a problem with it i just really like when they add the weird funny yeah, stuff that Nintendo i'm, I'm gonna second for. that um <laughs> i think that may be one of the reasons why this last e3 felt kind of empty to me is they they just didn't they, they didn't have the the quirkiness mm. so much yeah and it was so short they had plenty of yeah. room for those interstitial funny parts yes I think next e- next year's E3 will be a lot bigger because they will have the third-party support to announce stuff. Plus, they'll actually have had more development times on games for the Switch. But mm-hmm. time will tell. And hopefully they announce that the 3DS is dying so we can have more Switch support. Yes. <laughs> have an onstage funeral. <laughs> um, Glenn, anything on your wish list? Or are you content with life? Uh, gosh. Uh you know, I, I think it'd be cool if we had a live show in January like, like they did with the Switch every year. I think that would be cool. But honestly, I just I want Nintendo to stop expecting me to spend all day glued to my computer uh, every E3. Because I've said it before, I'll say it again. I feel like that's disrespectful to me uh, and to the fans in general because you're expecting them to devote all their time in front of a computer and you know there's just a point where it's like you know what i don't care about <laughs> the last e3 there was just a point where i said you know what i don't care anymore i mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done watching trailers yeah because they they keep uh forcing me and you know it's always like oh let's play the game from this beginning or whatever and you have to go through all that boring tutorial stuff and watch them do all that and it's just like nah nah that's just I don't need a 30-minute demo of how cooking works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you can just say, you know, I shot a deer, it dropped meat. Let's see what happens when I cook all this different meat. <laughs> all right. Cool. I think that we have great bucket lists, great wish lists, and great memories. So mm-hmm. overall, gaming conventions, get a thumbs up from me. Me too. All right. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can check us out a lot more frequently on YouTube. And if you've never gone to the Two Button Crew channel before, this is a great time to jump in because we are switching formats from the daily show that we've always done to a new 
live show where you can watch us play new games, old games, watch us discuss the latest news, and join in on the chat. It's a great time, so check that out. You can also follow us on all social media to find out when we're going live and see what we're doing day to day. And if you'd like to support this podcast and our other media, you can go to Patreon where you can get really some very good bonuses. I can't believe we give away all these bonuses, Simeon. I know, there's so many of them. Patreon.com slash crew. Any specific uh, pieces, blogs, or videos you guys want to plug? As of this recording, I have one that's uh, a conspiracy theory about the Metroid series that will be coming out. Well, it'll already be out by the time this podcast is edited and published, but I don't think from a writing standpoint it's my strongest work, but I think it's an important... I think I have something to say there. You do. What's that one called? Uh, it's called, I think I just call it the Metroid Conspiracy. All right. I'm just excited for the new live show coming up. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think the community is going to have some fun with it as well. Me too. I'm excited about that. And I am also excited about one of my blogs. I'm not sure when it's going to be put up, but the Nintendo experience has been dormant for a little bit, and I have asked... Um, several of our Two Button Crew members to write pieces on games that I believe that should be in the Nintendo experience. Games that must be played, right? Yeah, games that must be played. um, They're essential, but I honestly don't have a lot of uh, experience with them. So I've asked some of our other writers to write pieces on them. And so expect that coming up sometime in the future. So our writers are going to help you make something for your series talking about games that must be played so they might convince you to play these games that you haven't played much. Exactly, like Ocarina of Time. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to point it out, but yeah, I there's there's a bit of a, irony, perhaps hypocrisy would be a better word. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think it's just the admitting that... Uh, I'm I'm not complete yet. My right. journey my journey is not complete. Yeah, the list isn't for people to say, "Wow, I am an incomplete human being." <laughs> you know, it's a list of things to go and do, go and experience, right? Mm-hmm. A bucket list. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. And for me, I would recommend if you enjoyed this discussion about gaming conventions, go and check out the vlog we made about PAX. It's ten minutes long, footage from multiple days stuff that you won't see in our other PAX coverage. You can watch me meet Per Schneider from IGN. You can watch me uh, play some Nindies that are not going to be released for a long time. Good video. That's on youtube.com slash two button crew. And wherever you're looking us up, spell it out T-W-O. Thanks for listening everybody. Goodbye. Signing off. Later. See you later. My body is ready. <laughs> <laughs>